Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The way you work it, yeah. no diggity. I thought you'd bag it up. Bag it up. Yeah, by the man in prison, full of facts. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, slick, are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. Girl, I must warn you. 
music, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. It is Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rory. We didn't do a show last night. We're doing it tonight. Calvin, Chamberlain, my man. I'm, I feel yeah, like my head is off in the clouds tonight, buddy, so uh, you're going to have to carry this show. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know what? I always carry this show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Woo! Uh, no, uh, well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure once we get in the groove, same thing happens when I'm not out of it, you know? Once we start talking, you know, you'll get, you'll get involved. You're probably right about that. Um, but as I start to situate myself, because I had to sort of do a little bit of a refresh, restart here, um, I know we're talking about the Celtics first. So, but before that, I want to say Happy New Year to you because we were supposed to do a show last week. We didn't do it, which is basically what we've been doing for the last three years. Do a show, don't do a show, do a show, do a show. Eh, let's not do a show. We have that you privilege. We have that right around here. But Happy New Year to you, even though it's the 10th. Happy New Year to everybody out there. I hope everybody's had a great week to 10 days following up or coming up to this show. You know what? We used to do show rain or shine every week. So it's only been for the last year or so that we're, that we're getting sloppy with it, to be fair to us. But that being said, yeah, we did not do Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, and we do start with the Celtics topic, but... Um, it's not really too Celtics-y. You know, the Celtics are huh. uh, playing well again after that sort of swoon that they had. And now uh, now the Cavs are playing poorly again after, mm-hmm. you know, the big run that they had. So, yes, you know, regular season basketball, folks. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but yeah, this, I, I just this, – this is a total side topic for the summer probably because it's not something that even matters at this point, but – I, I really wish the NBA, or any league for that matter, except the, the NFL, would find a way to make regular season games more meaningful. Cut the schedule, make make the games more important uh, within the division or something. I Just make it more exciting. Obviously, we love if you love watching basketball, you're going to watch regular season basketball, but if you don't just love basketball, it's not the greatest. And it's the same thing with the other sports, too. I wish... With I wish hockey and and baseball found it found a way to make the regular season a little bit a little bit more meaningful, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. Right. Um, we, yes. Can, can we talk about it though? Because I, I while we were talking, I just thought of a of a completely insane idea that <laughs> might it might be it might be interesting. I don't know. It just popped into my head. This okay. Notion. Fine. Okay. We can we can we can start there then. Let's do it. Yeah. What what if hypothetically right? Every time your team uh, beat another team, you you could trade your 12th man for the other team's 12th man. And thus, the team that sort of ended up <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you could trade, you could trade for one player on another team, the worst guy on your team, whoever's on, on a minimum contract. But maybe maybe you need a center, so you're trading, you know, you're trading. I don't know. Uh, you're trading Shane so, Larkin for like all right, so, some random. So where, where are you going with this? You're you're saying that that means that a bad team could beat a really great team and take their best player and improve their own team, and then no, no, not if, their best, no, no, not or their worst best player, player. I'm sorry, their worst player, and it still improve their own team because they're so bad. So on a on a random right. December or January night in the NBA, the the Los Angeles Lakers 
creeping down near the bottom of the standings. Are they dead last right now? Hmm. No, they're they're back up. They're not. They're not dead last. They're close to dead last. They're half a game up here on Memphis uh, and a couple games up on Atlanta. So um, they're not dead last. But either way, say say the Lakers beat Golden State and – uh, the Warriors have to give up their, their worst player. Probably make the Lakers better. But honestly, Calvin, in the long run, it doesn't matter. The 12th man on on any roster is not going to see the light of day in the playoffs. Uh, and and for most of the regular season, for that matter. How many times have you seen Abdel Nader this year? How many times have you seen Kadeem Allen in a Boston Celtic uniform this year? N- none. None times. So... I, I like the idea of being able to, to sort of uh, snipe a guy off of a, a team that you just beat because you beat them, but I, ultimately I don't I don't think it would make that much of an impact. So it, it doesn't. It impacts no, but I just feel like it would be more fun. To, it'd be sure. sort of like a, okay. you know you beat the team and you take a player you would care more. You know maybe maybe you end up with Jordan Bell at the end of okay. the season. Like, Let's do it this way I mean? then. So, forget forget about forget about the worst player on the team. Let's. Let's make it so that there's that the teams have to sort of designate players that you're allowed to take, sort of like an expansion draft, something like that. Yeah, you could take one of yeah, these they, three guys over here. That's I like that yeah, a little yeah. bit more because then at least you have your pick. Right. Oh, I like hmm. it. You protect. I think we're onto something. We somebody. So yeah. we need to contact Adam Silver. We've we've got yeah. we've got Anna Horford on CLNS Media now. So maybe we can get her to talk to her brother, and then. Her brother can do what he has to do and get it up to Adam Silver, and we're going to put this in. It's going to be our rule. What do you think is fair, protecting nine or protecting ten? Protecting nine, I think, is is fair, although depending on injuries and stuff, we know a lot of teams get banged up in the middle of the season. Uh, Maybe ten is is the way to go, so you can have two full lineups protected and then the last couple guys on your – actual roster would go unprotected. What do you think? Yes, that's not bad. I'll, I'll workshop this. See, you know, it, it's literally just popped into my head as we were talking. So this idea is not completely formed yet, but... Um, of course not. But yeah, might, might be fine. Not, you know what? Oh, my, none of my ideas are completely formed. I'm just, I'm just freestyling. <laughs> I don't think anyway. anything this show has ever done is completely formed, but people still seem to listen anyway. So thank you to all of them. In any case, uh, our, our subject topic this week is not much of one, as I was trying to explain earlier, because we were sort of uh, they're playing well in the middle of the doldrums, whatever, whatever. I uh, could talk more about Gordon Hayward, but, you know, nothing too new on that development. I know there's that tweet or whatever, but uh, that doesn't impress me. But I, what I do want to talk about is Paul Pierce and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. So, we were going to do this last you- week because Isaiah came back to town uh, the night after our show was supposed to be, and um, he did not play in that game, but he had plenty to say, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he had a few things to say. Yeah, I, I, I think Isaiah, and, and this is part, you know, part of what Boston loves about Isaiah is is the chip that he carries on his shoulder and the sort of East Coast kind of attitude that he carries with him. That now it's just being applied to Boston. I don't think Celtics fans can be too mad about that because I don't. I don't feel like he's totally turned on you guys yet, and at least like he he kind of feels sort of like the ex-girlfriend who's just still ain't still angry that she got dumped, but like 
hasn't really started bad-mouthing you that much, <laughs> other than, like, maybe Danny Ainge a little bit. But in any case, he was, he did not play in that game, so he requested that the Celtics uh, did not do something for him in that game. Uh, he requested them, that, you know, and the Celtics then want to do it in the, the next time he comes to town. The only problem, really, is the next time he comes to town is February 11th. Uh, the next mm-hmm. Paul Pierce's jersey is scheduled to be retired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. Paul Pierce, when asked about it, said, you know, no disrespect to Isaiah Thomas, but he, he, didn't, he, he didn't think it was, it was cool to uh, look up at the Chumbotron and see uh, packages of Isaiah Thomas's on the same night that his jersey was retired. Yep. And he's saying he, he like, says that he, he's not saying Isaiah shouldn't get a tribute video. He right. thinks he should get one because of the way he, he performed last year and or for the for the last two years anyway in in a Boston uniform. He did make the fans very excited night in night out. He played after his sister died. He played uh, after uh, multiple injuries, and uh, he still came back. Um, and he is just. Definitely a guy that, that people in Boston have come to love. But this was my take from the start of it, Calvin. From the very moment that this thing came to fruition and there was discussion about the video tribute and whether he should get one or where, whether he should get one later or what are they going to do. The moment I heard about all of this stuff, I said, you know what? They should just give him something on the night that he comes back. He doesn't he shouldn't be up there when uh, on, on Pierce's night. That should be all about him. And if he doesn't like it too bad, it doesn't matter. It's not up to you, Isaiah. It's not, it's not up to him. So in my mind, when the Celtics showed Isaiah Thomas on the jumbotron and prior to that, when he came out of the locker room after the starting lineups, by the way, in that game where he wasn't playing, he came out, people in that corner of the stadium noticed him. They cheered for him. And then they showed him on the Jumbotron, and the whole place went crazy for him. That's it. That's all he gets. That's his thank you. That's his tribute. That's his video. Unless he wants to wait until another time next year, the playoffs. And he, I, I, honestly, I'd even be fine with them doing it game one uh, of the Celtics playoff series against the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals if it gets to that, if that's what it comes to. Throw the tribute up then, you know, get him a little emotional. I don't think there's any gamesmanship as far as that's concerned. It doesn't matter. Just put it up there, get it over with, and then get down to business. But I, the Pierce thing to me should be all about Pierce, 100%. I'm, a, I'm back in Pierce on this one. He was here for 15 years. Isaiah was here for two. There's not even any <laughs> different. There's not even anything. They're, they're not even close to each other as far as, lifetime Celtics are concerned and the legacy that you, you would build here. So I'm fully supporting Pierce in this one. If Isaiah goes up on the jumbotron, I'm not going to boo it, but I'm certainly not going to cheer it either. Right. I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't, I don't really think he deserves a video package. Can I, can I just throw that out there? Like, sure. I know. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? And I was, yeah. I knew that you were going to kind of take this, this, uh, this stance because you're a Laker fan and the Lakers don't just do this for anyone. They don't just, 
they don't just retire anyone's number. Compared to the Celtics, they don't have a lot of numbers retired, but they're still just as great of a franchise, right? So I totally see where you're coming from. Please expound on this. Yeah, I, but it, look, it's it's not even it's, it's not even just that. But you, that I mean, that's an excellent point, also considering the Celtics' history. Look, if if to me the bottom line is was what you mentioned earlier, two and a half seasons. You know, the, the first season he was there, he came off the bench, and I realized, look, I realized that his pers- it, it really comes down to persona, right? His persona embodied a, 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 the sort of spirit that Boston fans like and like see in themselves a bit, and like he really embraced the town. He, you know, he talked about wanting to be there. He he ingratiated himself to the fans as a personality, and even as you know, an undersized guy who sort of outplay this talent. I, I get all of those things. But, like, yeah, you know who else feels that way? It's like Dallas about J.J. Barea. I know I know they're not the same level of talent, and, but the, but J.J. Barea also spent, you know, 15 years in Dallas. I like Isaiah Thomas a lot, but I just, I don't see how he you can justify giving him that sort of tribute of, for two and a half seasons in which, you know, Celtics made one Eastern Conference final. I don't, I I get it. You, you, you like him a lot. It's just it's just the time period. Even if they didn't make the, the Eastern Conference Finals, if he's there ten years and you want to give him that tribute, he, and maybe he's not the best because, because you know what, giving someone a video tribute is not the same as retiring a number. I'll, I'll grant you that. You want to give a guy a, a, a tribute because he meant a lot to you. Fine. I just don't see how he could have how someone can mean that much to you in that sense over that short a period of time. I get. I guess so that's where I'm at with it. It's like so. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, all right. So let's, on on the same token, uh, Jay Crowder basically played a similar amount of games for the Celtics as Isaiah Thomas did. Sure, he's not Isaiah Thomas. He's not an all-star caliber player. He didn't put up 50 points plus. He didn't average 28 plus or whatever it was. But he was praised by Celtics fans for what he did. And he was certainly praised by the organization for what he did. Do you know what he got on two, last Wednesday night or whatever it was? What did he get? He got Nothing. he got introduced last in in their starting lineup. So LeBron succeeded that to him. He got a uh, silent thank you, like three or four clips of him like diving to the floor and flexing his muscles and pumping up the crowd, and it said thank you, Jay. And they gave like a, I don't know, two to three second pause between the fourth player announced and the fifth player announced, which has become a sign of respect as far as people coming back to Boston is concerned. But you know what, Calvin? The bigger thing to me is that I feel like Celtics fans are starting to to sort of be, be in a bubble here. And people don't realize that this is probably one of the or- only organizations that really salutes seven, eight, six men, things like that. Most, most organizations aren't even acknowledging the guys that were the second best player on their team. Oklahoma City did not do anything when Kevin Durant came back. And of course, that's a different situation. Every situation is different. But I think the Celtics fans need to realize as much as we love our team and we love the organization and we love everything that, that they've represented for a lot of for many, many years, I think they're overdoing it a little bit. And 
if people don't realize that the Celtics overvalue their own players, then it start to it's time to wake up because they've been doing that for years, and this this is just proof of it. Like Jay Crowder needs to get a thank you up on the jumbotron. He didn't. He says he didn't even notice it, which is fine by me. But come on, where do we draw the line here? Well, yeah, if the thank you's silent, he probably he probably didn't notice. I mean, why are you just looking up? And on the off chance that you might get a tribute video, so like someone probably should have informed him that it was coming at least, right? Yeah, uh, well, but, and they didn't. So yeah, it's just a strange situa- situation. They they all, always seem to overvalue their players and do things like this. All, all that being said, Rui, while look, while I can relate to the sentiment, I I kind of feel like it's a bad look for Pierce to come out publicly and say that he doesn't want the Isaiah Thomas tribute on the night. But I, I, I think that he could have, like, had that conversation internally without sort of going, you know, going to the media and saying he didn't want it. I mean, maybe he, he – I'm sure he did go to the Celtics, and, and maybe they, you know, maybe they he tried indicated to. to him. Yeah, maybe so he tried to. The timing of public events here, just so you know, is that Isaiah said something publicly. Then Danny Ainge yeah. said something publicly. And then the next day, Paul Pierce said something publicly. So Ainge assumed that Pierce would be okay with it on a radio interview. And then the next day, Pierce came out on his television show and said, no, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, he, look, even if he's not okay with it, it, it just it just like comes across. And he's a retired player now. I, I guess, well, he's on ESPN, so he's, doing, he's still a public figure. Um, it just doesn't look. It doesn't look the best for his ego. I'm, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Maybe you just you, you disagree with me, you, you know, because you're you're on his side. I'm just yeah. saying like it, it still I mean, comes across as a little bit petty, and, and I I feel like I feel like he could have protected maybe. his image a little better at least. I don't know. So okay, I mean, uh, so I'm gonna just assume that Isaiah was told that it's Paul Pierce retirement night before he requested it to be at a later date. So I would say the same thing to you. If Isaiah, Isaiah started be, being petty, it's uh, yes, maybe Pierce is, is not being the bigger man. He's not taking the high road. He's not just sort of letting Isaiah say what he has to say and see, see how it plays out. But I mean, I don't really blame him for not, for not wanting to have it up there. Maybe he should have kept his mouth shut and, and sort of tried to, let things take take their course over the next month or so and see what happens. Maybe the Celtics would decide not to do anything for Isaiah. Maybe Isaiah gets hurt again and he's not going to play in the game. Who knows uh, what what could happen over the next month? But I still don't blame Pierce for feeling that way. So yeah, he could have taken a, a different approach in actually responding to it. Um, so I'm not going to back him up on that one. But as far as him feeling that that way, I, I back him 100. percent yeah, I, I guess my thought is like in, in that scenario, right? The the entirety of halftime will probably be dedicated to Pierce, right? And even throughout the game, I imagine that that, that highlights. Yeah. All right. So that's that's like, another thing is I'm not sure how how they're structuring it. There, I've heard some right. rumors or some chatter about the fact that it might be actually after the game, and they're going to expect people to stick around for a little while after the game to honor him. Oh, um, but by all accounts, it's, they're also going to have video tributes for him throughout the game. Right, so, so I, I, I guess I see it as like, I again I, I understand it, but but if if I'm him, it's like it just comes across as a little bit ungracious to be like I can't I can't have this two minute Isaiah Thomas package in the middle of an entire game celebrating me. You know what I mean? That's that's really how it comes across to me, and it, it's unfortunate, but 
I mean, I, I no, I mean, I think that it was. A, I, I think that I agree with you in that respect. It's kind of a selfish response, but I don't blame yeah. him for feeling that way with the amount of time that he's put in and the the things that he endured in this city as well. Like Isaiah played for the Celtics for a couple of years, and yes, he played in games after some very difficult situations with his sister passing away and and uh, just the mental hardship that that brings to you. I can't even imagine. I wouldn't even want to go go to work the next day at my office job, let alone go try and play in an NBA game. Like it, it it's it took a lot of heart and guts and mental fortitude for him to play in that game. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from Isaiah Thomas. This I'm starting to sound like my it's starting to sound like my Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum uh, evaluation of of them on the court. I don't want to take anything away from Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum's a better player. I don't want to take anything away from what Isaiah Thomas did for the Boston Celtics. I think it's, I think he, he's going to go down as having one of the best seasons in Celtic history, but Paul Pierce did it for 15 years. So right. I, I truly believe that he deserves one night slash day slash whatever four hour time frame that is exclusive to him and all about him and Isaiah shouldn't call the shots about when his video goes up on the board. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'll get you that. Let's. Uh, I think we're uh, we're good on this topic, right? Yeah, we're a little over. We I think uh, we went a little longer yeah, than, than we thought. It happens. So let's get into your team. Week. Yeah, let's let's get into my team. So, Murray, I'm sure you saw. Uh, the, the story about uh, the ESPN posted about uh, LeVar Ball criticizing uh, Lakers head coach Luke Walton, saying that uh, Luke Walton does not know how to manage uh, the team's minutes. He claimed uh, incorrectly that the Lakers were down four uh, when they benched Lonzo Ball, and then when he when he came back in that they were down twenty, and he you know he doesn't know. He, uh, LeVar claims that he's lost the team. Uh, that nobody there respects him, that he needs to go. He doesn't know how to coach his son. And then we yeah, I've been dying to hear what you have to say about all this because it's from from afar, it just seems like it's more LeVar Ball just talking out of his ass and trying to draw attention to himself. And if I were you, I would be worried about what Magic Johnson thinks about all this because, honestly, I don't trust that guy. That's That's a funny thought. So, yeah, it, it sort of got back to Walton, and then he, he made a joke in a press conference. I don't know if you saw that, where, like, uh, somebody uh, somebody asked, well, you know, why he benched uh, Lonzo, and he said, well, his dad was talking yes, so I so I benched him. <laughs> but he was, he was sort of just playing around. Sure, yeah, and just joking, joking so now around. The fa- so now the fallout from that is, is it's even more interesting to me is, like, Rick Carlisle in like Rick Carlisle comes out and uh, he, he's he, a lot of the NBA coaches Stan Van Gundy, Carlisle, a, a couple of them I think Popovich uh, are angry that ESPN is giving Levar Ball a forum, saying like they shouldn't be talking to this guy, he's not qualified. Like why are you getting information from him? He doesn't have you know inside access. Uh, he's just a guy. Right. You shouldn't be allowing him to say people are like. People are torn on this. Like Car- Rick Carlisle, the Mavs coach, is trying to get 
reporters and uh, team um, front offices to revoke credentials from reporters that are talking to LeVar Ball. And yeah, so while, while I while I agree that Lavar Ball is a total clown and he shouldn't he shouldn't really have the uh, forum that he has and he people should just ignore him. I can't get on board with that. I can't get on board with stripping credentials from from people just because they have an interview with this guy. I mean, it, what's you, you got to give you got to let the guy have free speech. The, the point is to just ignore him and and. Not, not let him uh, take that forum and that pedestal and be able to be splattered all over the place. It's just, I don't I, if so. I don't know. This all comes down to, to I'm, I, I would be concerned if I was a Lakers fan because I don't know what how the front office feels about all this because they don't seem to be saying anything at all uh, about backing their own coach or uh, condemning Ball coming out and, and bad mouthing him or, or anything. Yes, the story is really turned into like a, a multi, you know, headed monster. Uh, Lakers' other uh, heralded rookie, Kyle Kuzma, came out in support of Walton. Uh, the Lakers had, you know, made a statement where there's like, there's no discussion at all about the, the possibility of Walton losing his job. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's created this thing where like, it's it's not just. Here's the thing, I'm a, like. You know that I don't know. I don't want to call myself a Levar Ball supporter so much as like I'm. I've been historically entertained by Levar Ball and sure found you him, like him being in the media. <laughs> yeah, I find him interesting in certain respects, and like I'm okay with like a lot of what he says. And even this, to be honest with you, I'm. It, it's like a bigger issue to me than than just Levar Ball and, and what to do about him because. I don't think what what can like what do you do about Lafar Ball if you're the Lakers right now they have this policy of like of sort of ignoring everything he says and uh, a lot of people are, are critical of that saying like well the you know the Lakers shouldn't shouldn't allow him to say all these things but it's like you said one it, it's a free country and two by like by giving by having to like respond to anything Lafar says you're all you're doing is increasing his credibility you're increasing like the the chance that he's going to get more quotes. You know what I mean? Like if, if the Lakers right. have to come out, and yeah, we talked about this before. If you try to, if you try yeah. to squash the guy, then he, more people will want to go talk to him. Yeah. But if, yeah, if, if the Lakers have to deny everything LeVar Ball says, who knows? Look, LeVar's going to say crazy things. He's going to say even crazier things. But to, to me, the, the bigger issue is, is Lonzo. I don't know if you, if you saw Lonzo's reaction to the story, which is like, I, and, and Lonzo Ball is like a fascinating person to me because he's like because I don't I don't know what he actually thinks about anything. You know what I, mean? I was gonna it say, is, isn't he just so totally like neutral? Blah. Like I, he doesn't. He's not quotable. Thing, he, uh, I don't I don't know if he is because I, because he doesn't give us anything. Literally, he was asked about what his father said. And his his I mean literally obviously, but uh, his his response was like, yeah, I'll play for any coach. Like, uh, look, look, he's like, I'm just going out there to play. I'm trying to hard. He's like, you know, do you like Luke Walton? Yeah. He's like, I'll play for anyone. Now you can if if you're the person who wants to like 
read into that. You can read. You can be the guy who reads and says, "No, he doesn't like Walton." But you I'm know, you know how I, I read into that. that. I read into that, and I say he just is tired of his dad going around and talking all this crap, and he just doesn't want to rock the boat. He just wants to be the guy that that goes along with the flow, and whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to make my money, and I'm going to play basketball. And I don't care what my dad says. I'm not going to comment on it. It, it is what it is. He's just a big mouth. It, it, that's what I think but is going then, through yeah, his he, head. I don't even. I don't. I don't even think he sees his dad as that necessarily. You. You. Know, you know what I think? I think that like he is tired of being held responsible for his dad's actions. Because you. Because again, when he's asked, he was asked about what his dad said, and he said he's going to say what he's going to say. He has his opinions. And he's gonna throw right. them out there. To, to me, his attitude was like, "Why are you asking me? Go, go ask him. This is not." But, but I, what I yeah. didn't get is like, I, what I didn't get is like, my dad's a clown. What I got was like, my dad's his own person. He's not me. Go talk to him. It's not my problem. You know what I mean? That's really the sort of attitude that I'm getting from him. Not necessarily that. Like, he's, he's, yeah, but I, I just, I, I wasn't trying to say that he thinks his dad's a clown, but he's got to understand that his dad's a big mouth, right? And that, and he just says whatever's on his, says whatever, whatever, whatever uh, is on his mind, and that he just it can can sort of fly off the handle at times. He has to realize that. No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, but but also it's, it's his dad. I'm sure he probably he probably doesn't have the idea of like. Uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't take my dad seriously. He's just a clown. Like, not just a clown, but, like, uh, he says dumb things a lot. It's it's like not, yeah, maybe you think that about your dad, but you're like, he's probably, and because he hasn't, I'm I'm assuming, like, he, he probably does, at least, and, and you see, you know, with the other two sons, like, LaVar took them to Lithuania. Like, so, whatever you want to think of LaVar Ball, like, those kids, like, clearly respect their dad, and, like, they they allowed their dad to like create their own shoe company for them. You you know what I mean? You can't say like Alonso is not a guy who like that that he doesn't take his dad seriously or like doesn't. I I, I don't think that like Alonso puts no stock uh, in what his dad says. That doesn't necessarily mean that he like goes along with him a hundred percent. But it, it's clear to me that he values like his dad's thoughts on things, whether or not he agrees. So if you want to say that's a problem, um, I don't. I still don't think it's a. And, and, and you know, if you're a Laker fan, maybe you're living in fear. But just because, just just because of what I've seen from Lonzo, I just sort of think he's he's like impervious to it. You know what I mean? Like he's going to play exactly the same way no matter what. Now, is it creating like an embarrassment problem for the Lakers? Sure, it is. But like. Do you trade a guy who, like, you know, Alonso got a lot of crap earlier in the year, but like, he's been playing a lot better lately. He's, you know, he's been he's a good rebounder. He's a surprisingly good defender. We all know about his passing. Like, he's a guy with with skills. Yeah, and, like, and, and you, you know, know what? Yeah, I feel like people aren't really talking about Alonso right now. I no, feel like not. the fact that he's playing better is making people not talk about him. And until he starts to play at at a higher level. He's just going to sort of go by the wayside, and he's not going to be that big of a topic, and people are going to focus on LeVar. I just – Yeah, well, well that's I mean, probably, like, that's probably a good thing for him, though, Calvin, because that, neg- ne- uh, that negativity is not going to surround him anymore. He's not going to have to worry about that, and he can just play basketball and not have to worry about all these stupid questions coming from left field, and now, maybe that will make him a better player. 
here's here's a here's the issue that I that I really have though with it. It's like now look when Lavar Ball calls out Luke Walton because of the platform that Lavar Ball has sort of built up for himself. You know, and and maybe maybe he's like a unique figure, and this won't happen, you know, again anytime soon with an, with another person. And you know, maybe it's unfair that like Lavar Ball uh, has has created himself a big enough persona that like what he can say on anything matters. But it's already it's already too late to like walk that back, right? This is this is like to me like Rick Carlisle's like argument that like the ESPN shouldn't go to LeVar Ball is like the argument that the Kardashians shouldn't be famous. Like maybe they shouldn't be, but like we can't like having that argument in 2018 is dumb now. You know what I mean? Like having the argument that ESPN shouldn't go to LeVar Ball for quotes is dumb to me because LeVar Ball is famous at this point. LeVar Ball is like a guy who, who generates traffic at ESPN and like their job is to generate traffic at ESPN. If he says something, even if it's dumb, it's it's going to be especially about the Lakers. It's going to be newsworthy because he's built himself up into that yeah. person. And there's, there's right. I just find nothing... it interesting that he's saying all these things from Lithuania. Basically, he's over there with his younger sons while they chuck up bricks uh, in the Lithuanian yeah, and, basketball and league. And uh, I yeah, mean, what's and he he's watching on TV? Is he calling somebody in the Lakers organization every day and not his? That's not his son, or is he just uh, basing it off of what he talks to Lonzo about? I just, I, I don't, I don't know how I mean, he, or, or is it just him conjuring something up in his own brain, like he's been doing for months? Right, the, the ball kid stats in the Lithuanian league were a front page ESPN headline. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm saying. It's like this is this is where we are right now. Yeah, it's currently. crazy. And like, it's crazy. how do you? Yeah, that, should it be the case? Is like, no, no, maybe not. Like maybe just the dad, the loudmouth dad of a basketball player shouldn't be like um a mega star in sports, but it's, it's like, it's already, it's already too late. And now I, I still, again, I still think the Lakers should just ignore him. The only thing, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is like now if the Lakers do want to fire Luke Walton, right? I don't, look, I don't know if they actually do or they don't. Supposedly Luke Walton's well, like there are certain things I don't like about, about Luke Walton. Um, but I, I do think he's a good coach overall. But, but but now it like it creates this perception that like yeah it, I I just I just don't want the front office to be influenced uh, at all by like maybe they would want to fire consider firing Luke Walton but they're going to be hesitant because it looks like Lavar Ball is has influence on them you know what I mean I'm, I'm worried about like secondary reverberations from this not so much like like I, I'm worried about them in trying to seem like they're not uh, connected or influenced by Lavar Ball and then sort of reactionary influence by LeVar Ball. You know what I mean? That's really like, uh, where It certainly could go that way. Yeah, it it, it could. certainly looks to me like, I mean, say the Lakers end up in last. They're Like we yeah. just said earlier, they're, they're close to that. They're towards the bottom of the league at this point. They could definitely end up in last. They probably won't, um, but it's possible. Say that happens, and they just cut bait with Luke Walton, and he doesn't believe that he should have gone – he could absolutely come out and say, oh, they had it out for me from the beginning because uh, they were listening to LeVar Ball and they were trying to cater to Lonzo and he didn't like me because of his father, blah, blah, blah. It could be a lie, but it could absolutely come out and be something that he says. So I can totally see where they would sort of do their uh, 
due diligence, if you will, and try and prevent that and just keep him because of, for no reason. Even if yeah, they didn't like him as a coach, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, or or even like, do, you know, do they consider trading Alonzo because of his dad? I don't think they're there yet, but you know, he's, yet, he's no. a rookie. Maybe it's yeah, maybe at some point like they're like, oh, we're just frustrated with too much Lavar Ball. We're like, we need to get rid of this guy. And it's like that would be a bad decision to me too. And it's it, his power is getting to the place where it's like it, it feels like he's close to actually being able to influence what happens. Oh, it's and, crazy. and that's 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 where I'm at the point of being concerned. You know what I mean? If it if it crosses over that line, he can still say whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned. But if it crosses that line to like having any sort of actual impact, then I'm, then I'm concerned. Yeah. As, as far Are they as really listening Carlisle, to him? Like, concerned. does does Magic Johnson yeah. have his phone number? Are they texting with each other? Who knows? Like that's what yeah. I would be concerned with if I was a Laker fan. And as far as the ESPN side is concerned, again, like Rick Carlisle, like you're you're crazy, man. Like they they have every right to like as a media <laughs> entertainment company. Yeah, look, ESPN, they're not they're not like you know PBS News or some hardcore organization. Sports journalism is not the same as like journalism. Journalism. And when it's, you know, maybe you're talking about like outside the lines or something. There, there are certain things like if you want to write like a, uh, you know, a hardcore journalistic book, that's fine. But like, I can go on ESPN or like basically any sports website right now and find like just fun articles or, you know, articles talking about whatever. You know, there might be a, a article about like LeBron saying he doesn't like, uh, you know, an H and M ad. That was like an ESPN headline. Uh, like that's you, you, maybe you want to say, well, that's not really journalism either. It's just LeBron saying he doesn't like this ad and having a problem with it. Yeah, the, the point is just like it, it's not something somebody's clicking on it. Yeah, somebody's clicking on it. That's their job to generate clicks. Uh, Car- Carlisle like trying to to ban reporters who have like spoken to Lavar Ball is like it's it's ridiculous and it's it's petty like all these coaches like having to chime in with their their opinions because another coaches all to, to me it's like all of these guys just see the handwriting on the wall of like criticism for coaches uh from like you know outside people who aren't connected becoming like stories on ESPN becoming fair game like yeah i i get it you don't like to see a coach get criticized on ESPN but deal with it could could get criticized all the time like on talk radio shows or like on a million other forums and that's yeah that's true uh yeah so yeah where where uh, do you where do you draw the line at the uh credibility i guess too how how much credibility does someone have does does mike felger uh that's been working in boston for 30 years have any credibility on the boston celtics most people would tell you no maybe he should be banned from celtics games right because he he said something (laughs) i don't think you'd want to go there anyway but Oh, well, that's fine. I don't even know who he is, but he, I have heard his name mentioned before. Yes, he's he's, been, he's made national headlines a couple times in the past year, uh, the first being um, saying that uh, Al Horford should not have taken the uh, paternity leave, and the second one being that uh, Roy Halladay deserved to die. Uh, that was basically oh, the yeah, take that, right. that Mr. Felger took just a few, a couple months ago or uh, what have you. So usually I don't drop – radio guys' names around here, but I figured I'd throw that one out there because it felt like it fit the moment. Uh, anyway, uh, what, do you, what do you say we move on to the next topic? Because I'm sure I'm sure that there's a lot uh, 
that you would like to say uh, about the New England Patriots and what's going on here. Um, I'm sure you also kind of know what, what the stance that I'm going to take on this one, maybe. Uh, yeah, do you want to set this one up? This non-story? No, I'm not going non-story on this one. Oh, are um, you going non-story on me? No, I'm not going non-story on this one, Calvin. This this definitely seems to be uh, something – there seems to be something going on, but I am going to say that it's probably not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be and that all of the parties involved – I'm sorry, you cut out on me. All the parties what? Do we lose Ray? Ray. Uh, we seem to have lost Ray for a moment. This is unfortunate. Uh, hopefully he will come back shortly. Or maybe it's me who, who is lost. Uh, I don't know. This is a problem. This is a problem when Ray controls every aspect of what's on the air. I'm just going to keep talking as if I'm on the air. Uh, I mean, you know what? Actually, I'm going to hang up and call back right now. I heard a beep right now. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm back in the air or what. Maybe I'm tripping. Uh, I seem to be having technical difficulties still, unfortunately. So I don't know if, if we pops back up. We'll see. I don't know if I'm in the air, but I'm just gonna talk as if I am. So in order to set up this, so uh, there have been a report. There was a long story on ESPN uh, setting up the, the notion that uh, the Patriots have. Uh, a lot I'm of contention in between. Oh, you're back. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. I've never, and it's still not even saying that I'm connected, but uh, I either I lost the internet connection or I just, DTR kicked me off or something. I've literally, in 10 years of, or whatever it's been of doing this, I have never had this happen to me, ever. It gave me like the, the weird, that like telephone disconnect thing. Right. And then, like, my internet was acting wonky, and now I'm connected, and I can hear you, and you can hear me, but it's telling me that I'm not connected. So let's just roll with it. Continue on. Okay. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, so as as I was saying, a long article in ESPN uh, saying that there's been a lot of – well, let me – I'll actually even go back further. There was a story a couple weeks ago uh, about Tom Brady's – uh, trainer who a, a lot of people think is a quack. I don't know uh, what your thought. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on that. This guy, Alex yeah, Guerrero. Wasn't, yeah, it, wasn't he connected uh, to steroids in baseball at some point or something? I, I just, maybe I'm getting him mixed up with somebody else, but I feel like you he's are, been you connected are. to. Uh... I don't think I don't think so. I don't think him. But it, in any case, uh, he just has. Uh, he he like. Thinks the, he, he's a, a person who believes like you can cure cancer with a lot of like. Oh yeah, uh, this is the concussion items. water guy. That's right. Okay, I was getting right. conf- yeah. confused. My mistake. Yeah. So in, in any case, like there was a, there was a story that he was like banned from the team plane, and uh, that you know the Patriots would no longer be directly associated with him, and he's he's been close to Brady, and it just sort of like came across as like oh it, it, that's interesting. Is this you know uh, the, the prelude to some sort of. Uh, fracture in the relationship between Brady and Belichick, and then we get to see, you know, this long-form article on ESPN 
uh, last week about sort of how that is the case and how Belichick didn't, you know, a, a lot yeah. of this has is, is come from the, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, how Belichick did not want to trade Garoppolo, sort of saw him as uh, the future of the franchise, and Brady uh, went to, the, according to the story, Brady went to Kraft and forced mm-hmm. uh, Belichick's hand in, in moving Garoppolo, and thus now, now Brady, after the trade, is, is walking around like he sort of won, again, according to the articles, won some sort of power struggle with Bill Belichick, and there, there's a notion that Belichick, you know, might be interested in in opting out of his contract as soon as this season ends, and and he could be the head coach of another team as soon as next season. Murray, it, it's got to, I mean, I, I have, you know, beyond like what you yourself think of this as, as a non or or small story, I you have to sort of give me some idea of like sure. what the reaction. Is yeah, and I, I wish I wish that I hadn't been uh, cut off there because I was sort of explaining myself, saying it's not a non-story, but um, it's right. definitely less of what people are people are going crazy about this thing. And I still believe that that everybody involved is going to be here next year, and they're going to figure it out, and they are going to focus for the next couple of weeks. And I I do believe they're going to get to the Super Bowl, and we'll see what happens after that. Um, but the the point is that after this many years of working with with people, the same people, I can understand why there might be a little bit a little bit of a rift between Brady and Belichick, and the whole Garoppolo thing sort of plays into this too. And Bill Belichick has always been the mastermind, right? He's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. He's the one. He's always got to have a leg up on you. He's always a step ahead of you. He's always trying to play the mind games. To me, this article is trying to paint Tom Brady in a bad light, and it's trying to make Brady look like the guy that's a complainer and a whiner, and he's the guy that can't handle the coaching anymore, and he doesn't want to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. I think it's just, in my opinion, it's a little bit overstated. I think Brady has every right to get frustrated because he was led to to believe that he was going to be a major part of this franchise and that he was going to have decision-making, I'm sure. To me, Robert Kraft is the one that is causing issues here. He's the one that doesn't look that great, as far as I'm concerned, because he should have been the, been able to talk Brady off of the ledge. If, if Brady is really going up the back stairs and trying to talk to Robert and say, trade Jimmy Garoppolo and I don't feel comfortable and um, where's my, where's, where's my extension or why don't I have any security and Bill says this and blah, blah, blah. Kraft should have been the one to say, listen, Tom, you're not going anywhere. Even if we keep Garoppolo, you keep performing at, at, at your level. He Kraft ultimately has the final say, I, I would think on all personnel decisions and while he would defer to Bill Belichick for the most part, Tom Brady's a different story. So Kraft needs to be the one to step in and say, no, this, this, we're not trading Garoppolo, and Tom, you're, you're going to calm down, and Bill, you're going to accommodate him a little bit more. And we're all going to have a little bit of a, a powwow, and we're going ha- to come together, and we're going to make this thing work because we've been doing it for the last 15 years, and it's going to happen again. So to me, Kraft looks like the weak one here. Uh, where these other two guys have always had strong opinions, and maybe it's just boiling over a little bit. 
See, it's funny that you say that, like, you feel like the article paints Brady in a bad light. And I guess I could see uh, how that would be the case from the notion of being a Patriots fan. And maybe – so I'd I'd like to know, like, you know, Pac Radio or whatever, do you feel like like Brady is sort of taking the the, uh, brunt of the criticism more than than, – than Belichick, at least amongst those two, leaving Kraft out of it, or is, or do you feel like Belichick's taking more criticism? Yeah. Oh no. This people are definitely saying that that uh, Brady is because yeah because because I I read it and I I sort of I sort of feel like I'm on Brady's side when I read the when I read the article and if if I, if if you know from an outsider's perspective and I know it's, it's you know it's impossible to, to be critical of a guy like Belichick considering what he's brought to you and like, you know, the kind of, the kind of invaluable genius you want to see him as. And especially, you know, Brady is easier now to like now hold at fault because of the notion that like that Garoppolo was there as, as the theoretical next Brady. Right. So that sort of gives you an out to be like, well, I can't in, in the fact that he is, you know, how the age that he is and he's not long for this world. So maybe you, you know, Belichick is sort of the irreplaceable piece that you, you have to side with. But I, I don't know. I read the article, and I'm just like, you know what? I, if I'm Tom Brady, yeah, I'm Tom Brady. At a certain point, I probably would be tired of, like, continuing to take every little criticism. You know, and considering how many Super Bowls I won, you know, what kind of history I've had, the fact that Tom Brady's going to win the MVP again this year at an unprecedented age, like, I, I, I understand well, even then why, like, why Kraft would side with him in, in that scenario. And the other thing I don't I don't understand at all. Like I, I don't know. I feel like Brady is sort of entitled to it. Not even like the, the Kobe treatment because Kobe, you know, uh, tore his Achilles and it wasn't the same player he was. I like I even I, I understood why they gave him the money, Kobe, even though I, I disagreed with it. Tom Brady is like he's still he's still awesome. Yeah, he might not be good for as long as he's gonna think he's he's gonna be good. But like, how would you justify? Like you know, making Tom Brady mad in a year where the Patriots are probably the, the favorites for the Super Bowl now. You know, like what's what's the and, and this notion of like not trading or not trading Garoppolo. I don't. It still hasn't been explained to me how the Patriots were not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and then not lose him in this upcoming offseason. I don't understand how it's possible. You you can't franchise him, right? I mean, what unless you were planning on on you know getting rid of Tom Brady after this season, which, again, I don't understand how you do to a guy who's already won five Super Bowls, theoretically six, but, but you know, getting an, a, yet another MVP this season, you're going to tell him to take a hike just because the other guy's 25? That's, it, it, it seems like it, it seems like long-sighted, you know, the opposite of you, – you're playing the long game to the, to the point of, like, completely ignoring the short game. That's like trading, you know, it's like trading Steph Curry for Ben Simmons. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Even though Ben Simmons is going to play a lot longer than Steph Curry at this point, like, you why would why would the Warriors like destroy what they are now? And, and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo can win you a Super Bowl like right away, but I, why would you take that risk when you know Tom Brady can? Like none of none of that makes sense to me logically. So I, I feel like the, the Patriots were in a position where they had to trade Garoppolo, and maybe there's something I don't know that you, you can explain to me right now. But like I don't understand why Belichick would be mad about it unless in his mind he's like we're going to get rid of Brady in the off season. And if that was in his mind, I don't see how Kraft could just be like, yeah, I'm down to go along with that because that's insane. That's insane. That's an insane thought to me. 
maybe maybe you can explain this better, but I, I look at all the, the, the logic behind all of this, and I'm like, yeah, it, it makes sense to get rid of them. Are you gone again? Well, it's a good thing I went on that rant. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, where he comes back soon. Uh, hopefully, I'm on the air. In any case, yeah, I look. I know Kraft getting got some crap from Murray. I don't see. But I, I, I agree with what Murray said earlier about like the story is overblown somewhat, just because I don't think Belichick is going to leave this team with with you know Tom Brady right now and an opportunity to win. Maybe his repu, maybe his uh, you know, uh, maybe his status with Brady is is bad. Maybe they will never be friends. In fact, they probably won't. Right, considering Belichick's personality. But I can't see Belichick leaving this situation where he's still on these teams, you know, with this guy that consistently have a chance to win. Now, if if they run Brady back next season, and you know, next season is a season he gets old, maybe Belichick considers leaving after that. Maybe his, uh, maybe his, you know, standing with Kraft has been affected somewhat. But like, do I think that, that Bill Belichick's just going to leave in the in the off season and, and go coach the Giants? Uh, no, no, I don't. Even even though, yeah, would I love that? Sure. like it a lot more than uh, your defensive coordinator, the, the guy who has a pencil in his ear, uh, saying that he favors the Giants over the Lions as well. In any case, Rui's still not back. I don't know what to do about it at this point. Um, I think that we should just call it for the evening, to be honest with you. Uh, hopefully, Rui will be able to edit this. Um... I'm sure he'll come back and close the show. So I'm just gonna sing sing the ending song. Dun 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 dun. Uh good night everyone. Ray will close this out. Alright. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.